Well, hey, everybody, uh, this whole sermon that I'm going to share with you, uh, one, it's written, it's here, I promise you, I'm not going to make what, the problem is, I know what I'm going to say, you don't, and uh, the problem is that, that you might not believe what I'm going to share with you. Like, I'm going to read you stuff that will feel very, very uh, sci-fi to you, and, and, and you, and you might get lost in, the, in that. So I, what I want to do is, uh, if you didn't know, uh, my, my wife preached uh, the last sermon, which was amazing, because she's amazing, and she's epically amazing, and I love her. Good job, honey. Uh, she read a verse that I need to reread, and I think it might help all of us well, I'll show you. Okay, here. She read this to you. Then the other administrators and high... This is about Daniel. Uh, the high officers began searching for some fault. And this is important. Some fault in the way Daniel... If you're just tuning in, we've been talking about this guy named Daniel. We've been talking about how to deal with pressure. And so we've been highlighting a guy named Daniel. He's in the Bible. So these guys, these uh, enemies, these bad guys, these jerks, these whatever, were trying to find some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything. I know some of us are like, I don't even relate to that right now. But in this current political system, Daniel had no, he was like kicking butt, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. And I underline something. This is important. He was faithful. Remember this, please. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Now, that was read to you at the last sermon, and, and you may be like, okay, that's cool, but, but I want you to know you've got some people who are trying to like, get Daniel in trouble, and the reason that they can't get him in trouble is because he's so trustworthy. That is important. So much so, I'm not even to the sermon yet, uh, and so i got to ask you a question. Do you, don't answer out loud, I just want you to process, do you consider Daniel to be trustworthy? Because what I read to you, what is historical fact, is that even his enemies couldn't trip him up because he was so trustworthy, he was such a good dude. Meaning, when you read the book of Daniel, you are reading information written by a guy that even the mean people couldn't trip up, okay? You're like, why are you telling me this stuff? Because where we're going to go now, you might be wondering, who's the loony writing what David's reading, okay? I'm going to take you to a place that has everything to do with pressure. And in fact, I think we're going to go to the core of what to do with pressure and why pressure is there. But you have got to arm yourself with that answer. Do you think this guy that we've been studying, has been talking about different stuff, do you think he's trustworthy? And if you do, I can progress. So for, I don't know what you just chose, but I'm going to keep going. Um, so Daniel has a vision from God. 
Uh, we believe as we study it, this is about a, the fourth one. There may have been more, but the fourth talking about like distant times. He has this vision. Now, when you think vision, you're probably immediately thinking about a guy who is silently asleep. It's peaceful and he has a dream. Now, now there were dreams, but he has this vision. And, and what begins to unfold is um, discouraging to him. In fact, uh, it reveals a pressure here. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. Three weeks. He, he was in mourning. He was sad. Now, there's a lot of guesses as to why he was sad. I think you can sum it up. He was feeling pressure. This is a guy that since he was a teenager was taken captive, removed from his homeland. He was very uh, aware of war death, abandonment, loss, pain. Uh, He was very aware of pressures of people trying to get him to do things that he should not do. He was aware of, I don't speak even these people's language. All of this is unfamiliar. Growing up in this, he was familiar with being where he did not want to be. He was familiar with attacks. He was familiar with people being malicious towards him. He was familiar with his people. Not being where He felt like God wanted them. And you are like this. You have those days where all that's going on just sits on your shoulders for a minute. But even longer than a minute, it just hits you in such a way that you're like, I'm feeling this like I don't normally feel it. Well, according to the way we have this recorded about Daniel is he would regularly get talked to by God And it sounds kind of neat that Daniel gets told things by God, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds like fun. The problem is, is what if God tells you bad news about other people over and over and over again? You start to say, I'd like for you not to tell me this stuff. So what we have, we, we pick up Daniel here, chapter 10. He's been mourning for 21 days. And he has a vision. At the end, I'll show you. This is where I had to preface. Do you believe Daniel? Because here we go. On April 23rd, yep, it's that specific. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Okay. I, Daniel, saw this vision. Interesting. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Great friends, right? So I was left there all alone. To see this amazing vision, my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me up, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up 
still trembling. It's weird. You willing to admit that it's weird? I mean, I, well, we've got a guy who's been telling us historical moment after historical moment, full detail. His enemies can't prove that he is a liar. He is not a liar. He's trustworthy. And he just told you and I documented. This is what he saw. He's got this vision. And this isn't like in sleep. He's awake. His friends are terrified, but they don't even know why. They don't see it. And all of a sudden, there's this guy, this being dressed like he was described, and it's so overwhelming to him, he's now on the ground trembling, losing color, and it's like, what's going on? This means something to you. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever read the Bible. I have, and I've gotten done with that part and gone like, well, I'm glad that was recorded for someone. It obviously wasn't for me. Like, what does it matter to me that Daniel has this vision, talking, seeing this, this guy, what's the big deal? I can tell you. And so here's what i got to prep you, though, on this. There, there is pressure in your life, and you've got to win over the pressure. Daniel is about to unload on us some of the most crucial wisdom you've ever received on how to deal with pressure. So, setting it up that way, here we go. <laughs> then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. I point this out all the time anytime I read this in the Bible. Don't be afraid, Daniel. I know you're on your face trembling and have no color in your face, and we've had to kind of pull you up kind of now, but hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Do you ever wonder if God hears your prayers? I I, I have. I, I, have, I have spoken to God, and oftentimes it's over and over, and I wonder, I, I think he heard me. I know the Bible tells me he heard me, but did he hear me? And we now are walking into evidence of things that you need to either take notes on, live out, but this is a big deal. In fact, what Daniel's about to give us is a bunch of don'ts. Now, I know... Um, this is not like the most popular way to talk. Like a lot of us even think church is like this. Yeah, I go to church, and, and the pastor person... He's going to tell me what, what not to do, okay? And I am now fitting that mold, and I apologize, but I don't really apologize because I'm, this is going to be good. But, but I want to preface this by saying I'm about to tell you a few don'ts, but it's not really me. Daniel's going to unload this about don'ts. And if, you, if you've ever had pressure get you, if you've ever had something happen in your life and it just overwhelmed you, it got you, and, and you're like, this is the worst thing ever, then listen. So, so here... Uh, don't ignore what you can't see. When you're feeling pressure and you're like, it looks, I, I'm dealing with this. Uh, the doctor said this. The conversation went this way and this is how they looked at me. Or uh, my job situation, my money situation. Whatever, whatever it is that, that builds pressure in you, whether it's relationship or, or, or whatever, many of us see the moment. We feel the moment. We were like, this is, this is what we see. Here's my problem. And maybe if you're talking with a friend, hey, here's my problem. And you, and you lay out the problem and you say, hey, can't help me fix this problem. Many of us immediately disregard what we don't see. I know that sounds weird at first, 
But remember, Daniel prayed to heaven, right? Heaven heard what was going on. He couldn't see heaven. What you're now seeing is a convergence going on. You've got Daniel, human being, praying to God, living on earth. But all of a sudden, he now has evidence that heaven has heard his prayer. You have this convergence. And when you have pressure, you need to understand that heaven and earth are not near as disconnected as we treat it. Let's go really sci-fi. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. If you're, if, if you're getting lost in what this is, uh, this is an angel, like a big dog angel. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked the angel. Just for, yes. The angel was coming and was blocked. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Would you like me to explain this for you? If you've never read this or no one's ever explained it, you're like, you think at first that it's, uh, well, there's a, there's a, there's a, a guy leading uh, Persia, and you're thinking, I'm supposed to know where that is. Uh, that's actually not near as important. Uh, let me sum this up very quickly. This is important. You have, you have two angels that have now been brought up that are now saying that there has been a battle going that stopped one of the angels from showing up to engage Daniel with an answer to his prayer. See, this is why uh, many of us are trying to take on the pressures of everyday life as though it is always temporal and physical and just here on earth. What you need to see, what Daniel gives you and I evidence of is there is more. There is more at stake. There, is, there are things that you can't see, struggles that you can't see, battles that you can't see, and they are affecting everything. And you see a simple thing that seems confusing. And so this is why it is a joy of mine to tell you that, that God is fighting battles for you and for others. And you know nothing about it. You don't see it. The news doesn't report on these things. But here's what I bet. And I, I'm, 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 I don't really bet, but here. here. I bet you have felt these battles before. I bet you, you may not have seen them, but there have been moments that you have walked into an environment, you've experienced something, and almost had this, whoa, I feel like something's going on. When you have pressure, do not disregard this, because here's the truth. Evil is real. I can tell you, if you were to study the Bible, you're going to see that Jesus will refer uh, to Satan himself as a prince of the earth. Uh, you will learn all throughout the Bible that there is, there is evil and there is, there is good. There are angels and there are demons. And most Bible scholars will tell you what I read to you about the whole Persia thing and the prince thing and what's going on is apparently two of the most heavy hitter angels were fighting 
we believe it, demon or demons. There was a battle going on. There was something playing out. And it was affecting things. You better believe that it affects your life. When you feel pressure, sometimes you don't see what's going on. But don't ignore what's going on. Yeah, let me take you to the New, New Testament. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. Why, like, why is this all this? When we're talking about armor and battle. So that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Now watch this. What are some of the strategies of the devil? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Uh, if you want to know, this is where it does separate. You know, following God, what's it all about? Like, what's, what's the difference between someone who's like all about God and one, someone who's like, I don't even like God? Oftentimes it's a belief. And do you believe evil exists? Do you believe there is God for real? Do you believe in angels and demons? And I'm telling you, if you want to win over pressure, you got to acknowledge and not ignore that there are things you cannot see and battles going on. And they are often in your very life, in my life, our friends' lives. And many times we look at the person who has screwed up and we get so mad at them and forget, wait a minute, they were tripped up by the devil. There's another battle. Maybe they're not the enemy enemy. Maybe the enemy is the enemy. We need reminded of this stuff in the midst of pressure. Now talking to you about evil and giving you that don't, it brings up a natural thing. Uh, Nerf guns. Uh, So uh, I don't don't know if you guys like Nerf guns. Uh, In our family, um, to Katie's dismay, we do. Uh, For those of you who don't do Nerf guns, they're really cool. I thought about shooting one of you, but then I, I definitely, for those of you who think your children should not have guns, and we just lost you forever, I'm sorry, but uh, <clears throat> in, in our family, we have, we have Nerf guns. Uh, they're great. They're, they're, they're fantastic. And I don't, if you don't know anything about Nerf guns, I, I'm here to teach you about Nerf guns. Um, this is a waste of your time. So you might graduate to this one. This one's not too bad because you can be, I mean, a three-shooter, sweet, right? Um, some of you are going to think that I know more about guns than I do. I don't. I'm just a professional Nerf gun player. Um, destroy my kids. It's awesome. Uh, there's, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, check this guy out. Um, unless the kids broke it. Nope, here we go. Look at this. I mean, that's just fine. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when I'm having the kids like, hey, we're going to play, I tell them the rules and I do this. Yeah. Kids, you're going to have 10 seconds, and then dad's coming. It's fun. It's fun. Some of you are already getting judgy. Uh, oh, you're going you're to, some of you are going to, you're definitely leaving the church after this one. Um, yes, there's a clip. Uh, Titus, for Christmas, asked for a, a, a Nerf gun. His father, uh, who happens to be me, uh, said, well, that's neat, Nerf gun. I wonder what the most powerful Nerf gun is. Well, we had to leave the brand Nerf. Uh, the problem is, is we can't really shoot this one in the house. It, it legitimately hurts. Um, that backfired. Because uh, then I have to punish. Uh, here's perhaps, this is the newest edition. Titus got Christmas money from grandparents. Come on. 
right? Come on. We did not have this stuff when I was a child. Probably good too. Probably good, probably good, probably good, probably good. Well, I wanted to show you this stuff really because this is fun and the reason we have them in the, in the house and, and the reason we don't uh, shoot each other with, with real guns is that we love each other. Uh, Nerf guns are, are fun and there's a purpose to it, right? That, 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 that when you're done playing, there's, there's still like friendships and relationships that... So I'm trying to give you don'ts that are in here and... And in this, you need to see that because here's the second don't. And I think now it'll make sense. Don't bring a Nerf gun to a real battle. Um, see, I just told you some weird stuff, right? Weird stuff about angels and demons and attacks and battles. And, and, and if you didn't feel the weight, I felt the weight of, of like, oh, my goodness, this, this is a heavy sermon. And it's like... Man, I do, I feel the presence of evil and I've been in those moments where it's like, I feel attacked and, I, and, and wow, that's intense. And so, so let's let Daniel teach us, what do we do? Should you live the rest of your life afraid of demons and evil and, and just scared out of your minds? No, but don't bring a Nerf gun to a real battle. So Daniel gives us, what did Daniel do in this kind of environment? Well, we've got lots of evidence. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until, until those three weeks had passed. Uh, if you study this, what he's doing is he's sacrificing things. He's fasting things. Uh, the, the lotions, he's not taking a shower or bath for a long time. He is so in battle and, and mourning. He's so struggling with the evil going on that he's like, I don't even have time for that. I'm gonna take that time and I am going to pray and fast. If you want to know how he, the kind of guns he brought to the battle, is this kind of stuff. In fact, in the previous chapter, uh, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. Uh, you don't have to do that. Uh, that was very customary for them. But prayer and fasting. If no one's ever taught you about fasting, uh, I, I've just made a quick list. It's, it's not a detailed list, but fasting is usually food. It can be something else, something else, but, but typically, it's, typically it's food because, frankly, you and I feel that sacrifice. <laughs> uh, it's, it's sustenance, right? It's energy, and to give that up, for many of us, is a big deal. Uh, it's it's a designated period of time. You don't just say, yeah, I'm not eating. No biggie. What are you doing? I'm dieting, fasting. No, no there's, it's a designated moment that you're saying, I normally eat at this moment. And I'm not going to. And you express grief. You express your humility to God. Or, or sometimes it's a flat out need that you have. So uh, one of the uh, most influential um, leaders in my life has a quote you need to know. Here, here it is. It's my mom. <laughs> Fasting is a way to starve the enemy. I grew up learning that. Now, some of you are going to get literal on this. I don't think she meant it literally. I think, I think she meant that when, when you've got the enemy going after you and it feels like the enemy has power going after you, 
and you want the enemy to be weak, you starve the enemy. When you want to be stronger, you starve the enemy. So I can tell you, uh, my mom has told me this multiple times. My mom was a, a school teacher for decades. Lunchtime was very important to her because, one, the kids were somewhere else. And it was a time for her to get some energy. Well, what she told me, this was after uh, my sister and I were no longer in the house. Um, she would say that when we would go through stuff, yeah, still... My mom would often skip a lunch, tired, and she would, she would be in her classroom praying for us, fasting and praying, asking God to intervene in our lives for multiple different reasons. Don't bring a Nerf gun to a real battle. You want to fight the devil? You want to fight against what's going on in the life, in, in lives of your friends and your coworkers and your family. Prayer and fasting, it's really that simple and that difficult. One last one, last one that Daniel will bring up. Don't, don't battle alone. Um, don't ignore stuff. Uh, don't bring a Nerf gun. But the alone part, uh, let, me, let, me, let me highlight something here. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. There's this angel talking about stuff. We're like, we're back in this. And, and when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. So, hey, I got more battles coming. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. This made me ask myself a question. Here's the question. Um, if angels try not to fight alone, why would I? It got me this time around. I'm reading it going, I mean, angels are powerful. They're cool. I mean, I mean seriously. Yeah, I mean, they're just powerful and amazing. It struck me that their intentions are not to fight alone. So then it got me. I'm like, I, I, uh, if I'm going to go to battle against pressure... If I'm going to pray and fast, I need people. What I teach all the time, everyone always needs someone. It's basic, but very, very true. Uh, I can tell you an illustration in the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. He, he writes about a guy named Christopher uh, Langan uh, who had an IQ of 195. If you don't know IQ, uh, let me help you. Einstein was at 150. So, so this guy... Um, did not have the same struggles I did in school. Uh, so uh, this, this guy, uh, when, he, when he took uh, the SAT, uh, he scored perfect, and he fell asleep while he was taking the test. They had to wake him up and say, hey, you need, you need to finish it. So he was that bored. Uh, during school, high school, high school, for those of you high schoolers, um, he could ace any foreign language test by skimming the textbook two to three minutes before the exam. Again, most of us are like, I do not relate brilliant man, right? He felt like he could do life alone. Uh, in fact, he was a loner. He became a loner by choice. Felt like he didn't need anyone. He could do it. He was smart enough. 
Uh, the thing is, I'll tell you where he ended up. Um, he didn't invent anything, didn't fix anything, didn't cure anything, uh, didn't build anything, didn't really help anybody. He lived by himself in rural America doing absolutely nothing. Wasted. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell says this, Christopher had to make his way alone, and, and no one, not rock stars, not professional athletes, not software billionaires, and not even geniuses ever makes it alone. Okay? Some of us are trying to face our pressures that are spiritual battles, and you're trying to do it alone. Here's what I know. You likely have secrets or are friends with someone who has secrets of battles they are encountering and walking through right now. You need people to know you. You don't need 30 to 40 to 50 people to know you. You need someone to know the current battle you're facing, the pressure you're facing. So uh, let's review because I wanted to put this in a different way just so you can see how ludicrous it is. Ignore the battle you can't see. You're like, mm, no. Uh, bring Nerf guns to a real battle. Uh-uh, battle alone. No, don't. Don't do these things. I feel like this series needs to conclude here. And it's now entirely in your court. I pray that if and when you face pressure that you'll review. And you'll lean in and say, I don't want pressure to beat me. I want to beat pressure. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thanks for meeting us in this. Thanks for, thanks for teaching us what we needed to. Lord, my, my biggest concern is that our hearts would be open to you on what we're supposed to learn from you. Lord, I know there are battles that you are fighting on our behalf that we do not give you credit for. So God, not we, God, we give you credit now for the stuff we never saw. God, would you remind us of what we need reminded of, but Lord, most of all, would you walk with us into every pressure, every battle for the rest of our lives, and we will follow you and utilize you and depend upon you because we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen.